from west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. Connecting with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Diz Unplugged, Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian, Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, producer, and good friend, Craig Williams. Craig, how are you today? Are your hatches all battened down? Uh, actually, no, not right now. So mm-hmm. uh, I know we, we talked last week that we were a little bit little bit wondering what was going to happen with uh, a little bit unsure about what was going to happen with the hurricane and such and and luckily for us here i mean i guess i'm saying that still slightly prematurely so uh, we have a as of the time we're recording this i have probably a rough night of wind and some random thunderstorms ahead of ahead of us but you know it's it's all good so i had my had my food, had my water, had everything prepared, and luckily I didn't need to use any of it. But uh, at the same time, too, had to just sit and watch with, in in horror with the rest of the world watching it. What happened to to the Bahamas? So, oh my gosh, just poor people. Yeah, so. just absolute absolute tragedy. I mean, it's W O G Wrath of God uh, yeah. on them. So yeah, no, it's and it, that's the tough part is that. It's like it is news, so I understand why it's out there, but it doesn't make it any less painful hearing hearing the screams and stuff on videos as people are freaking out, trying to find their loved ones, just trying to survive the storm. It's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely terrible, and I just, you know, it's it's one of those situations where it's like first you wish that it wouldn't have happened to anyone, and then after that it's you wish it would have would have just kind of ran right through them quickly and and made it more our way to get out of their way but uh just 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 terrible so uh yeah. it's it it's definitely that that awkward feeling where yet so glad that it, it didn't impact us like it was supposed to but it had to to really hurt a, a, a country and those islands that that didn't have that much to begin with and then to be put in put in more peril it's just just terrible mm-hmm. and we'll continue to keep them in our prayers and also everybody who is still in the path of this storm in evacuation yes. zones and all that because we're recording on tuesday night so we have no idea what's yet to come yeah for for all we know with what the outlooks and stuff by you know thursday night friday night when fridays when this is released you know it could be up in virginia by that mm-hmm. point in time, they're still saying that's even a possibility. So we generally we we just don't know. So, uh, but if if you're ever in the path of one of these things, you know, just take take caution. Don't learn by learn by what you've seen with past ones and treat everyone like it's it's a bad one, and and then you'll be ready, even even if it's not that bad. Yes, most definitely. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that it veers out into the ocean and loses steam so anyway well 
you know, we just celebrated Labor Day in the United States, and I think Canada did as well. And this marks the official end of the summer season and the beginning of fall and the downhill slide towards Halloween and Christmas with the uh, speed bump that is Halloween, and or that is uh, Thanksgiving, I should say. And uh, Craig, I know that you already have your um, big heavy sweater on and your pumpkin spice oh. lattes and all that going and yeah. you know when we were planning the show of course that was going to be our original air names pumpkin and spice <laughs> was it <laughs> yeah don't you remember yeah he says you're, you're so I, spicy i guess i forgot <laughs> time changes people <laughs> i know it does so so anyway so um so are you all set for fall it's no, 100 I'm, degrees here, so I, I am not. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> weather-wise, definitely not not ready for fall. And then it's I feel like this is the latest I've ever gone without having, like, our Halloween decorations out and such. But at the same time, too, it's I we usually put out our Halloween decorations starting with, like, the first night of Halloween Horror Nights at, at Universal Orlando. And oh, it's wow. actually opening, as of the release of this show, it's opening this night so it's it's opening earlier than it has in the past years so it it does feel like you know it it feels like we're already late with our halloween decorations but still we're kind of early i know i'm already behind on movies so i might as well just give up so i'm just gonna skip uh skip to christmas I think that's oh. the best thing to do. Well, I've I've I'm still binge watching Downton Abbey, and um, and I decided I'm going to try to watch all the Star Wars films in chronological order to get ready for Episode Nine. So over this weekend past, I watched Episode One with with starring Jar Jar Binks and others. I'm so sorry for you, but <laughs> I I watched it too, so I can't say that much. Yeah, you know it. It wasn't as horrendous as I remembered it. There were some parts of it I, I thoroughly enjoyed. And I, I thought that um, it, it's too bad that the Sith Lord fellow and I already gave John, whatever his name was, the the, the Jedi Master. Qui-Gon Jinn. Well, yeah, there you go. I, I somehow put some of the syllables together in the wrong order. Um, it's too bad they ended their storyline so fast but um i i enjoyed it except jar jar he was more annoying than i recall and i kept telling myself it's because they wanted him there they wanted him to attract children for marketing and i thought but they really went overboard with him i uh, yeah that's the tough part i don't know if it really is that it was for merchandising and stuff or if it is just that George Lucas really lost his mind there for a while and forgot what people liked. But it was one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, anyway, uh, just a couple reminders uh, the Carolwood Society's 2019 Unmeeting. Um, oh, talk about Halloween now. Oh my gosh, go to your local Home Depot. I was there yesterday. Their Halloween decorations are. They have topped themselves. They have these. They have this huge life-size bow of a ship with a with a skeleton captain uh, steering it, and he talks and all the, this thing's enormous. It's three hundred twenty-five dollars. It's enormous. Eey. And I, I want to see who has this in front of their house. We have a house in our 
neighborhood that they have like they they pose skeleton figures on front of the house like skeleton pirates fighting swords all that they have that in this they have all these full-size skeleton pirates talking that talk and witches that talk they have this one i would love to have but i can hear carol on my shoulder saying you are out of your mind they have a full-size headless horseman and that talks, and the the oh, pumpkin awesome. in his hand talks, oh, and the, wow. and the horse's eyes light up green, and it moves. It is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one I want. And then they have a pumpkin one. It's a little more reasonably priced. Um, talking, and he talks. And he could almost be the pumpkin king. I mean, you could put a crown on him and say he's the pumpkin <laughs> king. But um, and he talks and all that kind of stuff. And um, he's cool. He's a little over a hundred dollars. But okay. that that um, that headless horseman is amazing. Yeah. And then they have all kinds of other stuff there too. But way better than Lowe's. Lowe's doesn't even have a lot of the Disney stuff this year. So. Yeah, I saw. I was in Lowe's earlier because that's the the one that's closer to us, and uh, there, there was a good amount of stuff. But you know, just I by a good amount, I saw like about ten or twelve decorations that were Disney related. So not that much, but oh, we didn't bit. even have that much. They oh, really? had a few. They had a few inflatables, and then um, and then they did have a Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, one of oh. those projection things that turns, and that's it. Maybe ours just had a little bit more uh, due to the fact of us being, of course, a little bit closer to Disney, but I'm not sure. But, oh, if you can find a Home Depot, go in there. Just I entertained myself for 20 minutes just stepping on everything. They have a giant werewolf. The thing's like nine feet tall. Wow. Eight feet tall that talks, and it's all white and all that. Uh, It's incredible. So, um Anyway, so yeah, head to your local Home Depot and check these things out and ha- enjoy yourself. I-, I had a thoroughly good time <laughs> with it. So anyway, anyway, getting back to Carolwood Society 2019 unmeeting uh, of just a reminder. That's on September 27th, a Friday at Disney Springs 24 Theater, hosted by the Carolwood Foundation. Uh, Tony Baxter will be speaking about his work on the Big Thunder Mountain Railroads at Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and Disneyland Paris. We will have a link to their tickets, um, to where you can buy their tickets in our show notes. And of course, uh, if you've not already done so, purchase... You want to purchase that Walt Disney Imagineer Claude Coates, The Making of Disneyland from Toad Hall to the Haunted Mansion and Beyond. That Indiegogo campaign is running, I think, till September 26th. So uh, you want to make that happen. I just, the, the Mark Davis book by Pete Doctor just came. I was worried I was going to drop it on one of the cats and kill it. This thing, <laughs> This thing is so heavy. I think it's 13 pounds or something. It's two volumes. And it's just on Mark Davis and his time as an Imagineer. So if Mark Davis gets something that huge, which he deserves, definitely Claude Coates deserves his story to be told. So go to to the the link in our show notes and let's make this um, Claude Coates book happen. So anyway. Yeah, no, definitely a good thing. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so for announcements, that's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, well, uh, one question, too. I, mm-hmm. I just have to ask you, because so, I know you had the original copy of it, but uh, 
finally today when as we're recording this the the walt disney studios book finally re-released and Uh how much was it the first time when you got it I don't remember. remember. Wasn't it like $50 or something? I was just wondering, because I've been watching it. Like I never ended up pre-ordering it, and I've been kind of following along with it uh, leading up to to its release. And like today, as of the release, it's it's $56. I'm like, Hmm. ooh, that's a a hefty price for a book, but... But it is one. That's that's what it's going. That's how it is now. And and it's a huge book. It's an yeah. oversized book. But um I would love to know if anybody else has I didn't pre-order it. And so I'd love to know well, what's what's in that last chapter. If, yeah. you, if you've if you're a long-time <laughs> listener to the show, you know my theory. I and I still believe that by, your theory is correct. Yeah, and so. it's and it's not just me. It's held by others, but yeah. I don't want to drag them down with me. <laughs> but um, so I won't mention their names. They've they there are other people who have other shows too. So they've probably mentioned it on their shows. And so. someone has the book by now and knows. So just yeah. if you read it, let us know. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, well, Craig and I attended the D23 Expo a couple of weeks ago, along with Rhino and Tom Bell. Hopefully, you've seen our live stream coverage and all the videos that Craig put out of the events. And plus, um, the discussions at our Walt Disney World show and Disneyland shows. And Craig and I are going to talk about the Expo sort of from the perspective of our show. So we're not going to do a blow-by-blow because we did that with our live stream and on both of the other shows, our sister shows. Yeah. So we're going to just talk about it, our experiences and our thoughts and mm-hmm. all that. First up, though, let's get into the reservation system because that was the talk of the expo, was everybody's experience with the reservation system. And, Craig, since you were a sorcerer, I'm going to let you talk about your experience. But I was... I was one of the rabble in there. I mm. had set aside that Friday, like everyone else out there, pretty much. I'd set aside my lunch hour and uh, said, "Okay, I'm going to log on." And I had my phone and I had my, you know, my work um, computer and all this stuff, and I was raring to go. And then, of course, as I think we predicted on this show, it crashed. And then it, the system. And then it crashed again. And then I think finally a note went up. And I had already, I was texting with people. And I, right when I said, they're moving this to Saturday. Because, you know, they'd moved it to one o'clock. And then, so I immediately moved my lunch hour. And then, of course, at one o'clock, it crashed again. And then a couple of times. And then that's when I texted somebody and said, they're moving this to Saturday. And they said, oh, no, because they had an event or something. And sure enough, the message went up that they're doing, that they're, you know, moving it to Saturday because they discovered that certain type of ticket or something wasn't getting recognized on the system, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I I mean, it was just all a mess with the reservation. So uh, it's, I know that I had the option to also go in and make reservations, not for the panels per se, but like with the stage pass and uh, the talent pass, Mm -hmm. uh, because that isn't something that is directly included on the sorcerer's pass. Which really shocks me. And when we get into this as sorcerer, I, I have a few, you guys should get more. (laughs) <laughs> I think yes. what you get. 
So, yeah, anyway. especially with the uh, with. It, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that with the with like the talent pass in particular. I think that's a, a thing where, to be fair, it wouldn't be fair that they get to hog up all of those because then you have to start worrying about uh, you know people out there who are just autograph hunters and such mm-hmm. constantly using the sorcerer's pass as an excuse to to go in and and get all of those to resell them the same way that with sorcerers you you only get in on the preview day for shopping after that you have to have reservations to get in beyond there to to shop more or wait in line and i think that too is to cut down on how much because some items on preview day as soon as they're gone they're gone you can't they don't restock more for sorcerers so uh so with the reservation system ultimately though the the main issue ended up being that that as we were told is that it ended up dealing with the fact that they hired a third-party company that wasn't wasn't ready to handle everything that that d23 was gonna throw at them with this one and i totally get that because if if you're a fan of the dis and dreams unlimited blah dreams unlimited travel i will never be able to say that name correctly. i know now and i just cruise <laughs> right through it watch now i'm gonna mess it up yeah. the next time we record uh, yeah <laughs> I but i think that's funny <laughs> if, if you're a fan of ours then you paid attention to like the 20th anniversary of dreams day uh on our final or 20th anniversary of dreams party on our final day where we had we ended our live auction we we crashed our entire system that is not we we upload all the auction items and stuff to this this registry and and they are the ones in charge of running it and basically they ended up telling us that like we had 20 times the amount of users that they ever have for any other auction so we just completely crashed it all and so it's like with D23, I totally I totally understand what they went through with that reservation system after dealing with it with ours where it's, you know, ultimately it's on us to be the figureheads of it and say, yeah, we we can't do anything about it. It just has to be delayed or or moved. But it, it was definitely a an awkward sign of things to come with yeah. uh, with the rest of the weekend and starting it off on a bad foot with yeah. that whole reservation mess. So so my dilemma with the next day was that I was taking my granddaughter to the Walt Disney Family Museum for the very first time because they had a couple of Mary Blair events going on that I thought she would enjoy and you know I was taking her on a you know a really tour the museum of showing her things I thought she would enjoy. But I had to explain that at noon, Grandpa had, we had to take a little break <laughs> and so um, so that I could do this. And I thought it would only take a few minutes, huh? And uh, But, you know, so we, we ate our lunch during then. And then we had friends there too who were attending the events and they chatted with her. And then I saw there were a couple of, of young fellows at the table next to me, it was clear they were doing exactly the same thing. They had their laptop, they had their phones out, so I start chatting with them. And I had brought my iPad Pro because I use it to take notes. So I log in through the computer's wi- the museum's Wi-Fi, and I'm in the lower lobby of the museum. I thought, this is just going to be awful. I'm on public Wi-Fi and all this stuff. And then they told me, hey, did you log on with your phone to the site? I said, oh, no. And they said, well, do that. Have as many devices as you can. Go ahead. I said, thanks for the tip. Thank goodness they told me that because when everything went on, um, I got into the virtual queue. Even I was already on with my laptop 
and then I, I logged on with my phone. Got into the virtual queue my, on my iPad Pro for some strange reason. My little man took one step because it was a little green man that, you know, walked, you know, across your screen to let mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. where you had to go. Um, he took one step and got winded, and I think he found a virtual bench some, somewhere and just sat down. <laughs> and uh, and then on my phone, though, the little guy was – he he thought – I, I want to get this done with so I can get, you know, have a snack. I was in in 15 minutes. Oh, wow. That. Wow. And so I'm going through and I'm, you know, I immediately go to the parks panel because we knew we all had to be in that. And I start selecting the panels and all this stuff. And then when I realized, oh, you have to select the time when I was getting into talent and all that. So, oh, yeah, and, and store pass, you have to select the times. And I realized I didn't do that for the panels. So I went back and got them. And thank goodness they were all still available and got them, got them. And then friends, then of course I'm seeing getting text messages. And then friends that had tickets for the event but stayed home so they could be on their high speed internet um they couldn't get in at all and they they normally are sorcerers but you know got didn't get in in time for that and so they're they're they can't get in at all and so i'm trying to tell them okay this is what's going to happen and all this stuff then i started getting these error messages that said sorry but then there was a confirm button so i'd hit confirm uh, there was there was a sorry and then i'd hit okay and then i'd get the confirm button so i was still getting my stuff but then every once in a while i got i would hit that okay button and it would say internal server error and i thought this thing's going down and i so i start telling people and the people i'm texting with and the people you know they have people on phones the people around me you know our friends and i'm talking to them and relaying messages i just say get get it done just get it done this thing's going down and um then i finally started getting um the sorry things are full so i got most of the panels i wanted unfortunately i ended up not being able to attend a lot of them but yeah um but I got all my store passes, but again, because things conflicted with other things, I didn't get into all those. I like I didn't get into Mickey's of Glendale, so Craig bought me the shirts I wanted, and then um, and then I um, I got a talent pass, and then I couldn't get to it because a panel ran overtime, and it was with Kevin and Jody. And um, so I was disappointed with that because I wanted to talk to them about being on the show. <laughs> anyway, but um, so I so it took me about thirty minutes once I got in to take care of all that. It was at about that time my little man on my iPad Pro decided, well, I just better get going. I just better start moving myself, and he just sprinted to the finish line and i got in on that but i didn't need him anymore so um i was done so that that was my reservation experience but by that time um 20 minutes in oh the young guys next to me got in after i did i think they got in like another 10 or 15 minutes after i did and they were already getting blocked out of stuff my friends who are in new jersey they got in a little after i did and they were getting blocked out of stuff and my and then my friends who stayed home it was 90 minutes before they got in and there was like yeah at that point it was a waste yeah, yeah. that's that's where i 
where I talked about it last show, that I, I think there really is a big gap. I think they could they could charge so much more money for a special ticket that was in between sorcerers and in between the regular ticket where it just you have guaranteed seating into everything and maybe the stores at least, you know, once at each store throughout the entire weekend, your choice of when you do that, charge a thousand dollars for it and it people people who could afford it would go for that. And people who couldn't afford it would still have their regular ticket option and and have the chance to do standby and all of that. But it just it, it feels like they need something because the the reservation system just it was a little too messy. It would benefited someone like you really greatly, but and many people uh, that I heard from it was it was either you were perfect and you got everything you wanted plus more, or you got nothing, and yeah. that's a shame. Yeah, so they need to I think they were on the right track with it, but they definitely need to tweak it. I got I did get a survey um afterwards and I you know, I, I had a lot to say. But I thought I this was the first year in a while I thought they were really working at trying to make improvements that they had really listened to us. And and we can yeah. get into that later on. And, I mean, well, I mean I think also with it too. It's mm-hmm. I I know that they have to literally look at everything they're planning and, and make choices about what goes where. But I feel like too often, uh, when especially on these days where you have two big panels, so like the day you have Legends and then the day you have Disney Plus on that Friday, it, if you wanted to go to both of those, you both of them are running over, guaranteed, mm-hmm. and screw up your entire schedule. I think... It really needs to be to the point where either you've got to start looking at it and say, okay, we need to make better choices with what we plan afterwards or admit, okay, they're going to go over. Let's stop beating around the bush and and changing these times from you know saying, okay, Disney Legends is going to go to 12 o'clock and then we're going to make you think that you're going to be able to hit something at 1230. Just – it's how many years have we been doing this now? It goes everything big goes over by thirty minutes. And yeah, and I'm going to plan for that because yeah. you know we we both missed out, and I think Rhino did too on the um, Swiss Family Robinson mm-hmm. Treehouse because I forget what panel it was ran up right against it. Yeah, I I think that was the Disney Plus day. Mm-hmm. So if I can remember correctly, and it was it was no chance. It was like that one got done it. Five o'clock or five twenty, and then Swiss Family Treehouse started at five thirty. And when it takes when it takes literally fifteen minutes sometimes to get out of Hall D twenty three, then by the time you're out, you just have no you have no chance. And yeah, you can probably get in the back of the room and and sit in one of the back rows and stuff. But it's it, you also don't want to walk into a panel late. That's it's yeah. It's disrespectful yeah. to the other people already in there and around you. So. Yeah, I agree. But, and then, you know, now I thought it had never been so well organized. I felt that the, um, the, 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 the expo arena folks were um, much better informed than in the past. I saw them having a lot of huddles and a lot of meetings. The presence of the Disney cast members made a huge difference, I thought than in the past when they you barely had any of them there. I, yeah, I think that it's just a 50-50 on who you got mm-hmm. lucky talking to. 
So yeah. the the first day I know that we are there not on not on Friday but on Thursday when we are going around talking to people and asking and getting answers it was it was pretty much no one by Friday pretty much everyone was informed. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had a little better luck, but um and then I thought the crowd control in terms of the cues were better. Getting out there's just no it's just no good. But I did hear other people have completely different experiences where they were told they couldn't get in a panel. Like some sorcerers were blocked out of panels because they didn't get there in time. But yet, so their seats were given away. But there supposedly were seats in the in the um, hall available. Mm. But they and I heard this all around where people were told the panels were full, but people sitting inside were saying there were seats available. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've we seen that before. So yeah. I, I've seen that a bunch of times. And sometimes these things happen with it. Like, I know, I, I remember, I think it was in 2015, there was, uh, the, the, like, one of the first panels I went to the entire event was uh, with, it was for the Muppets. And I remember, I, I it's, I'm going to just say it. It was uh, because we know they, they, they listen to this and you've already l- casually mentioned them. But the trap nurse, uh, they got all hacked off at me because I literally just like walked in and was in the third row or something like that because the the organizers of the event – just held all these people in the room, but then they opened up the doors and no one bothered telling the people like, Oh, the queue's actually over there. They were just like, Oh, welcome. Come on in. So we yeah. literally just like walked right in. And then everyone who was in the queue got irritated. And then I know at one point it did get to the point where then they're like, Oh no, we're all full. When you look in the back rows and like the last 10 rows are completely wide open and mm-hmm. you just scratch your head saying, What? But yeah, yeah it's it, or these, sometimes the way they load the halls, you you can you may have slept there or, or you've been there for hours and hours, and the way they load them, you get you're way off to the side in a horrible place, and then the people that just walk in end up dead center. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think they got a little better about that in some of the halls. I don't know if they did in all of them, because like, I heard complaints about that still. Yeah, yeah. Now, now what about sorcerers? So what what was it like being the grand sorcerer, you know, wearing the pointy hat and the case and all that? <laughs> so uh, it's definitely, uh, unless they ever go with my idea about the in-between tickets, I do think it is the premier way of visiting D23 Expo. Uh, it's the very first day. So on that Thursday before the, the weekend starts, you get to go into, uh, you get to go into all three stores with the only weights coming from, uh, whoever else is in line. That's a sorcerer before you. And that's about 300 people. I th- think it's, it's capped to 300. And so, yeah, there's, there's that on day one where you just get to walk in. Rhino and I weren't very vigilant about getting into line for those. We had a lot of other stuff going on, a lot of work to do. So we kind of just moseyed in a little bit later. It was like a, about a six-hour block where, where you could go in and do all your shopping. We probably came in like around hour four of it. And 
in some of the stores, like the the Dream Store that had a lot of the D twenty three merchandise specifically, and and you know stuff like the Dapper Dan Funko stuff like that. Uh, everything was available in there, uh, everything you could want plus more. Uh, Mickey of Glendale's. What was odd for us on that preview day, which ended up changing on preview day, we had a lot of the uh, the merchandise that was available the whole weekend. But then they conveniently reused a lot of merchandise from, like, Destination D. So there was a bunch of Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway uh, merchandise hanging up and stuff, which then eventually got replaced with uh, Epcot merchandise as well as uh, Marvel uh, Marvel Campus, Avengers Campus merch. So really to, to get the full benefit of Mickey of Glendale's, you had to go in a second time after the event started. Oh, and, and the lines for that shop were yeah. crazy. Yes, I only got to go in an extra time. I got to go in one more time after the first time I went in just because randomly uh, uh, Fabian, uh, a listener, just was like, okay, I'm on the way right now. I have a plus one. And I was like, I'll go in. And I had already bought everything that I wanted. But I was like, I need to just take one more look just to, to be sure. And and then uh, with the Dream Store, that not sorry, not the Dream Store, the Disney Store, that was the tough one because that's where like all the limited edition dolls and stuff was. Mm-hmm. So that got all picked over immediately. So the only thing I wanted from that store was the the Pixar... Uh, the Pixar Tiki mug that was a replica of the one they gave for everyone who worked on Toy Story 4. And oh. it ended up making it all the way through till Sunday until it sold out. But the only reason I got it on Sorcerer's Day is they ran out quickly and then restocked just a small amount. And that they didn't have to do that. They said it, it was clear that once something ran out of the stock that they were putting out for Sorcerers, it was done. So I ended up getting a little bit of a redemption on it. But for me, the shopping aspect of it, there was a little bit of value and I didn't have to waste time later on in the weekend. But I'm also not an eBay reseller, so I didn't get the full value of mm-hmm. of it. You know? Oh, some people, they they pay for their whole trip oh, by yeah. reselling merchandise. Yes, I, and you can definitely you can pay for the whole trip. You can pay for the next time around as well too if if you have the the money up front to buy mm-hmm. all of this stuff, then you can definitely you know, you can walk away from it having money for the next round. That's not me, so I don't get that side out of it. For me, it was the panels and knowing that I could show up and have no issues getting into the panels and ultimately because of our nature with work i didn't even get the full use out of that i mean if if you were really good about it and getting around you could you could spend the entire weekend only seeing panels as a sorcerer and bouncing around from one to the next having great seating right down front and center for all of them and it would be the best thing ever and that would that's my dream yeah but it's, but you but you don't get admission to all the panels right no you do we literally okay, i yeah. thought you didn't okay no. you get basically on what happens with sorcerers is you also get a reservation form to fill out ahead of time mm-hmm. that you don't have to rush with. It just, it's more, it's not even a reservation. It's you telling them which panels you're interested in seeing. And that way they know if you're going to show up or not. So they, 
absolutely you can you can sign up for everything knowing that you probably won't make it to everything but that is how they decide how many chairs they're going to put out so you know that's why for for the big stuff in hall d23 they have 300 seats for every single sorcerer in the Mm -hmm. occasion that every single one of them shows up but if only 50 sorcerers say they're going to show up to something happening in in uh one of the smaller stages then you know they'll they'll probably give a little extra buffer but they're not going to set up for 300 sorcerers who aren't who didn't say they were going to show up so uh it's you could run into that issue as a sorcerer if you said you aren't going to show up to something and then you attempt to if they ran out of seating for it then yeah you're you're not going to be in sorcerer seating per se but uh it's every every panel was open and available to for us to reserve it was just on us to reserve it okay then that must be maybe what i was hearing is that some sorcerers couldn't get into panels maybe it's because they didn't reserve it Mm -hmm. and some didn't show up in time yeah and um, i and that could be that could definitely be it on that so with the panel aspect yeah if if i was retired from the diz and I just wanted to go to one of these events, not have to do any work and watch every panel, mm-hmm. have to be a sorcerer. Yeah. Just a hundred percent. In other perks with it, on the very first night, on that Thursday night, while I was I was kind of 50-50 on this, I was simultaneously in a, in a sitcom trope. I was attending the media event as well as attending a sorcerer's event mm-hmm. uh, just because the media event was giving me access to the park's uh, exhibit where they were having all the new changes with Epcot and and Avengers Campus and that, so I had to be there for that. Uh, but then at the same time, and a, a sorcerers meetup was happening where basically there was a big dinner and free booze flowing all night for them. Uh, right on the expo floor, there was a a presentation of the cadaver dance because everything was like haunted mansion themed this year uh in terms of that opening night soiree uh just to to keep in line with haunted mansion's 50th anniversary and mm-hmm. so the cadaver dance were out there um the the bride was making making an appearance as well there too and coming out so i think it was Did the bride or constance i'm not sure uh she she was carrying something i don't remember to be 100% honest with you. So I only saw her very, very briefly uh, after I was finished with the media event and made it just in time to have a couple drinks and, and some free food. But basically they had open – sorcerers had open reign to like the Disney Plus booth that was there and they could be the first ones to sign up. They had open access to the archives and during during the event, the archives, you're not allowed to take photos or video in. But during the media preview as well as the sorcerer's preview, it's the only time you're allowed to take photos in there. So a very cool perk with that. And uh, this year it was all about the costumes and and villains Mm -hmm. and heroes. And so it was like, I'm happy. That Cinderella's coach. Wasn't that incredible? Oh, massively. It just, oh, yeah, beautiful. And and, I posted some photos of that. And then how detailed it was in the interior Mm -hmm. it was amazing yeah and it just just spectacular but uh it it, so yeah it's that first night then that ended after so all the free alcohol and dinner and 
all of that, it, the night ended with uh, you went up to the roof of the expo center and watched the fireworks from up oh. there. So that was cool. And mm-hmm. and that's just one small part of it. They gave away a swag bag, and I can't tell you how much was in there. So a lot well, of it, stuff you don't need. Uh, yeah, well, that's true. I, I Okay, that, that was because a lot of it, I did see a lot of what you got because mm-hmm. you, you, you showed it to me but um a lot of it was the giveaways yes at, from the booths which that is a flaw that's that's probably one of the many of the biggest complaints i heard about the reservation system is you had to reserve the giveaway stuff and like i i signed up for a pixar ball but i went to a i i went to another panel that i wish i'd gotten a pixar ball mm-hmm. instead but um if you didn't sign up for those things, you didn't get them. You know, the yes. Frozen Two poster. The although we did get one, yeah, in um, you know, in the, in the studio event. But um, so that is a that was a downfall. I yes, felt, and, and in the reservation then, system. Yeah, and there was a lot of stuff like in our in our bag that they gave us. Like they had a Disney Plus hat that we then also got for attending the Disney Plus panel and. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's it's generous stuff. It's really some of it's really nice. Like there was a an awesome. I think it was in the in our because I also got a media bag too. So there was some crossover there as well. But in the Sorcerer's Pass, I want to say there was like a, a doll, and like it was a great doll. But I don't I don't need you don't it. Play so with like dolls? yeah, I'm gonna end up giving it to <laughs> to my niece and and you know give give that to her there was there was some beautiful unique stuff in there that most of it though it's like i when it came down time to packing i'm like i'm gonna get this all in my bag but then i'm gonna get home and i'm gonna have to decide what what do i keep what do i give away is gifts and such and what do i save for like a dis auction or something Mm -hmm. else and and you know it's I, I would say honestly one of the things that was worth worth the most that they gave us as sorcerers was they gave us a blu-ray copy of endgame so, oh that's nice yeah and so i mean that take 20 dollars off of a 2500 five hundred dollar ticket mm-hmm. and and you have that but uh it's it, it, the gifts really do come down to it's just how much you place on on Given, being given free stuff like there was a beautiful print like the the logo for this year's expo that had mickey and and woody and elsa in the black panther and and r2d2 or something? Uh, maybe bb8 on there and oh, okay. but like all showcasing all of them like it was a it was beautiful artwork i believe the name of the artist is rc or mm-hmm. Darcy, one of the two, and yeah, he was autographing yes. them framed ones for like seventy nine dollars or something. Yeah, and like we got the framed artwork with that. But okay, even that's then, nice. Yeah, no, it, it's beautiful. It's like, did I need it? No. And now that I have it, yeah, I'm gonna actually hang it up. It's it's beautiful, but it's not something I would have bought on my own. So there, there's a lot of that stuff with sorcerers where it's like they give you stuff, but. If you weren't going to get it anyways, is it really worth it? So, um, so that that was tough with it. And then, you know, there was there was a another a goodbye kind of uh, a cake and champagne 
ceremony and made sure to to chug some champagne. I think I had like five glasses and, oh, and you got your money's worth. There. Yeah, so it's <laughs> there are definitely little small perks. And there's the Sorcerer's Lounge that's open the entire time that has lots of charging station, had small snacks, had a paid paid espresso bar, something that I feel like should be included. Um, and I'll even say that too with twenty five hundred dollars per ticket. They, inside the Sorcerer's Lounge, they have like sandwiches and stuff you can purchase during the event, and I feel like that's something that that should just be given to sorcerers. Yeah. It's only you're talking breakfast; they put out muffins and stuff, and then for lunch, you're telling me you can't give out a, a pre box sandwich that costs like twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's that could be used. A huge benefit of being a sorcerer was you had a free bag check the entire entire weekend that was very very quick if you ever had to store any of your bags away didn't feel like carrying them so ultimately while i i don't want to sound like i'm beating a dead horse here i think that there is an in-between ticket that d23 needs to take advantage of somewhere in between regular tickets and sorcerers but if you're not going if you're going to solely enjoy as many panels as possible, want as little waiting as possible, then it's Sorcerers is worth every bit of it. Like, I, the only day where I felt like I kind of, I kind of hurt myself with it was on the day that uh, on the day that we had the parks panel because I wanted to make sure I was front and center with no one else in front of me for for the parks panel, and so. That panel, I think, started at 10 o'clock, maybe, or 10.30, and one of the two. And I got in line at, like, 7.50 to wait solely to make sure I got the seat that I wanted to. And so, like, on a day like that, it's, for me, what I was there to do, I didn't get to take full advantage of it. But the fact that, as a sorcerer, you can walk up 30 minutes before the panel starts and still have guaranteed seating as long as you signed up for it... You really can't put a price on that. I mean, you can twenty five hundred dollars, but you can't if you are good at it. If you've done it many times and you know the best way to maximize that pass, it's it's invaluable to enjoying the most. And that's the sorcerers that we met. They are not one time sorcerers. They are people who plan on doing it in the future, or they have done it multiple events, and it's the only way they want to do it. So, right. it's, oh, I know people who didn't get it this year, and so they didn't go. Yeah, I do too. And mm-hmm. as some of them might be the same people, and I'm sure there's mm-hmm. others that you don't know that I know, and vice mm-hmm. versa. It's I I get it though. I, I truly understand it. It will be hard going back to not having a sorcerer's pass if i have to next year but or next two years yeah and i know that um i know the people who have had a number of years say that the perks are less and less each year but you still felt it was worth it yeah uh, because i mean uh, just going back to to my experience with it how do you with with the events especially Specifically, if you care about seeing celebrities and being in the room for the big panels. So for me, with with that value of the ticket, like we made sure we sat right on the aisle. And so that's how when Dwayne The Rock Johnson 
starts running down the aisle that I get your thigh. I (laughs) no, no, we touched hands, touched hands. And that's how I got that. And that's an experience that I just, I will never forget. Like it's such a small detail, but when they were showing the first eight minutes of footage to us from, from onward and, uh, and Chris Pratt and, um, and Tom Holland were so excited to see it. So they sat on the ground watching the same big screen that the rest of us did. You know, most people didn't know they were still in there. But where I was standing and it, where I was sitting for it, I literally just got to watch the two of them watch those clips and mm-hmm. see it for the very see it with their own eyes together like that for the first time, the two of them together. And it's like. It gives me chills thinking about it right now that these two people who lended their voice to this movie and never, never got to see it like that before that one moment. Like I, I was there watching Mm -hmm. them in the moment while also watching it myself. Like there's these moments like that where it's just, it's, it's invaluable. And if, if for some reason you are, I, I don't condone eBay flipping like that. If you buy something that you like and then decide later on you don't want it and throw it up on eBay or buy something that you thought, you know, like, oh, I'm going to I'm getting this for this person. They have it. I don't need it anymore. Put it on eBay and and get what it's worth enough to cover your shipping and all that. Whatever that happens. But it, it, I don't condone going to make solely make a profit and yeah. pay for the next event. And but if that is your thing, you can you can find ways to do it, too. There's there's it's a it's a very cool ticket it's something that i am so happy i had the opportunity to do once Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'll ever get to do it again i literally came like we talked about and thought about i'm like okay set aside a 100 bucks a month and it's it will pay it will be paid off by the time the event rolls around again next time but I, I don't know. I I think it's worth it. So okay, good sorry to know. for that long that's, rant there. Yeah, that's it's and it's something I'd like to do someday if I can afford it. Is is be a sorcerer? Yeah, that's they don't give you the cool badge anymore. I no. noticed the name tag that they used to have a sorcerer name tag. Yeah, they give you a little one that it's like it's cute, but I just kind of threw it in my my backpack the first okay. day and forgot about it till I got home. Okay. All right, we're going to comment. Now, let's move on to the panels. We're going to comment yeah. on um, just a few, our take on them. Of course, the big one for a lot of folks, the reason they go is the Legends Ceremony. This was established in 1987. The Disney Legends program recognizes people who have made an extraordinary and integral contribution to the Walt Disney Company. The honor is awarded annually during a special ceremony. And, of course, uh, years ago when D23 Expo started, this became a public uh, ceremony. Uh, normally it's done in, in you know privately in, a, in Legends Plaza or somewhere else. So... Um, Anyway, do we need to go through the list of recipients, Craig? I mean, you might as well, just to okay. refresh well, everyone. Do you want to run through that? Because I'll, I'll probably massacre a name or two. <laughs> well, I'll as try. As I am wont to yeah. do. <laughs> I, I will try not to. So I'm pretty sure I know all of them, though. But we have Christina Aguilera from okay. Film and Television. Wing T. Chow from Parks and Resorts. Robert Downey Jr. from Film. John Favreau from Film. James Earl Jones from Film and Television, Bette Midler from Film and Television, 
Kenny Ortega from Film and Television, Barnett Ricci from Parks and Resorts, Robin Roberts from Television, Diane Sawyer from Television, Ming-Na Wen from Film, Television, and Animation, and then Hans Zimmer, Film, and Television. Mm -hmm. And of course, for me, the person who stole the whole show was was Barnett Ricci. Agree. For Parks Mm -hmm. and Resorts. She was responsible for so many things that we have enjoyed over the years, whether it was a stage show or a parade or an opening or something. She was responsible for the choreography and the staging and all this stuff. And she's one of those people that I guess she is well known, you know, in the industry in the Disney community. But for fans like us, we don't know who she is. And this, and when you and I talked, you know, I, she was so moved. She was in tears. For these other folks, a lot of these are big name people. This is just another award for yes. them. For Barnett Ricci, this was like the culmination of her career. This meant so much to her. She was so emotional. She was moved to tears. By this was her Oscar. Um, mm-hmm. This, this is this is what this award is meant to be. I and yeah. it's like and my concern. What the award is now with the Disney company growing and having all these other entities and with the folks that worked for Walt, you know, passing on, we're running out of Barnett Ricci's. We're running out of this people that this would this means something to them. And they're loading yeah. it up with folks like Robin Roberts, Diane Sawyer, uh, Christina Aguilera, although she seemed to really appreciate it, who, Robert Downey Jr., who, you know, they're, they're, they're honored by the award, but this is an award that's going to go somewhere with a whole bunch of other awards. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like it's kind of, Legends has taken on the same... I don't want to call it a joke. It's still a huge honor, but it's I make the joke about uh, the Walt Disney Legacy Award that you get in the parks. And that, you know, back when I worked in there, it was a true, true honor. Like when, when Corey Martin's sister won it, it was still a true mm-hmm. honor. And now it's kind of like they give the they give it away to everyone in the Legacy Award. So uh, I, I just... It's kind of getting that same way with Legends, where it just feels like there might be a couple of people who truly deserve it and appreciate it, but at the same time, it's more that they have to give some away, so they're just looking for whoever. I I agree with you, Barnett Ricci. She is the pinnacle of someone who deserved it, and she you could tell she was so honored mm-hmm. uh, i think wing t chow also was in that same regards but obviously mm-hmm. with you know with with his culture and how he was he showed definitely a humbleness in it but also you know he wasn't up there crying or anything he brought humor and heart to his acceptance and i believe he he, did. he appreciated the award i think kenny ortega did as well and and christina aguilera as well as Robert, or not Robert Downey Jr., John Favreau. Oh, and John Favreau. Oh, my goodness. Um, did we talk? Yeah, we talked on the live stream. He has yeah. a presence. He, he, 
appreciates Disney. He knows Disney history. I'd love to have him on the show just to talk about Disney history because he knows it. And um, But he has that presence on stage that, I mean, I could see him rising through the ranks of the Disney company mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. taking on, I think we, t- we talked about it on our live stream show, um, almost taking on a John Lasseter-like presence of within course, the company yeah. where when he walks out, th- it, there's just something that the room lights up. I don't know what you can say. Um, there's a few people like that for me. Um, Don Hahn is that way, but in a much more low-keyed way. Um, he, he does that. Too. I, yeah, I, and, it's from our conversation mm-hmm. with Don. I completely agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, he has the. He, there's something unique about him that I, I hope the Disney company hangs on to him. It, it's and, very special, mm-hmm. very special. They have uh, the relationship that's been formed there is something that we as Disney fans, while you know, it's. I know some people were hypercritical of the Lion King. Uh, whereas they might have loved Jungle Book, uh, they were they're a little harsher on that. Regardless mm-hmm. of your feelings on it, John Favreau is doing very special things with this company right now in every every aspect of it with with Lucasfilm, with Disney, with 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 uh, Marvel. It's just he is such an asset to the mm-hmm. company right now. And and on top of that. Right now, he's a a clean guy with no controversy surrounding him, an appreciation for the past, but also a vision for the future. Mm-hmm. And we need to hold on to that. I agree. I I really am looking forward. I, I'm there's very few people that when I see their name is on a film, I want to go see it. He's one of them. So I, whether he's agree. acting in it mm-hmm. or he's produced it or directed it, and I would love to see more of his public appearances because just like i enjoy andreas deja don Hahn, pete doctor is really funny and entertaining but they all so is john favreau and all of them have that like you said they have that appreciation for the past but they also have a good direction of where they want to go with that legacy and preserve it while taking it in new directions. And and just to circle that back around to some of the other ones, like I, I really don't want it to look like we're picking and choosing from Mm -hmm. this list on who, who is the best and greatest. I I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot to say for like Robin Roberts and Diane Sawyer and Ming-Na Wen. Oh, absolutely. Uh, In terms of Robin and Diane, I I think their contributions to, to ABC ESPN has been just critically important. And, but the ultimate side of it is that anyone in the news industry, especially I, I feel like women in the news industry, are workhorses. And so while while they can get up there and say it's an honor to them and they've won many other things, I truly do believe it is an honor to them. It's just their personality is, okay, I won this award. That doesn't mean I can stop or slow down. I have to keep going. And I feel like Ming-Na Wen was the same way. It's just mm-hmm. it's as a as a female in the industry, you can't even though it's a huge award and it's super important, you can't just stop and say, Okay, I, I achieved this level, I'm good now. It's the, they have to keep working and they have to keep fighting uphill for everything they get and and we're lucky enough that we get to watch them watch them do it. And uh it's so I 
I feel like, you know, a, a lot needs to be said about that, too. But mm-hmm. it, it was in my feelings on Legends, definitely from reading the list of names before we saw the ceremony versus after. I think I have a lot more empathy towards the choices, and I, I understand a little bit more why they were made. I still don't agree with all of them, mm-hmm. but I'm closer. Yeah, I would just like to see more of the behind-the-scenes people in parks and resorts and film and all that, maybe closer associations with the, with the actual Walt Disney Company. I, I think it would... I would find yeah. it much more meaningful. Oh. And... Um, you know, and you know, hopefully it'll, you know, yeah. like. But I agree with you. Like, remember before, I was considering not even going to Legends yeah. Yeah. when you and I talked, and so I'm glad I did. It was a very last minute thing, literally, as I was on the reservation system signing up for it, and um, I'm glad I did. So. Who would you cut out of your list of this year? <clears throat> hmm, that's a hard one. I think I would cut out Robin Robin Roberts and Diane Sawyer as much as I respect them. I don't. I think they deserve all their awards for what they've done for ABC. Mm-hmm. But you know, probably, yeah, probably them. Okay. If anybody, what about you? I would say I would cut out James Earl Jones. Okay. As much that's as I respect him, uh, it's. I, he hasn't done a lot. No, and I mean he has done very critical things, but mm-hmm. it, to me, it's not not quite there. I think I, I really hate saying this because I want James Earl Jones to live long and and happily, but I feel like posthumously he would have made more of an impact as a legend. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel terrible saying that, but it's just I feel like he's not quite there. As much as I was against Robert Downey Jr., it's when you sit in these panels, live action or now Walt Disney Studios and Legends, and you hear the reaction, we have really shifted at these events, particularly if not the company as a whole, that Marvel is now synonymous with Disney. And, yeah, oh, it is, absolutely. And as much as I don't like to admit that, I feel like he because he is the backbone of Marvel. Him and John Favreau together, I feel like they're the backbone mm-hmm. of of Marvel and how it all came together there. It's he had to be in there. Uh and it's the the audiences they they voted with their voice clearly. So I think they're strong there. I uh, I don't think Bette Midler should have been a part of it. And I agree. That as much as I loved her in Hocus Pocus and, you know, some of the other Touchstone yeah. films she did. I I don't think she's a legend status yet. I do not think she was. The speech her daughter gave because she couldn't be there because of flight issues and stuff. Beautiful. But uh, to me, she's not she's not at legend status yet. Kenny Ortega was one that I I make fun of him all the time. I you know, he's done some great things, but I still feel like I, I feel like there can be jokes made about him. I'm actually happy that he he made it. I think he was deserving of it. I, I between Robin Roberts or Diane Sawyer, I'd kick out Diane Sawyer. Sawyer. Mm-hmm. I think Robin Roberts definitely has that Disney connection. She has that love for Disney, so to me that just swayed it a little bit more. And the the biggest upset for me is that Hans Zimmer wasn't there. I actually I don't think composers get enough credit for the work that they do. And 
I, I think there are other composers that should be Disney legends mm-hmm. soon. I, I think Michael Giacchino should be a Disney legend in in the next couple of years for his work in some of the Pixar movies and such, as well as Star Wars. And I mm-hmm. think maybe one one Marvel. I'm not quite positive on that, but I know for sure Star Wars and Pixar. And so just just to have that aspect involved and every single it felt like they kept playing the lion king themes over and (laughs) over throughout the weekend and that's when it's like maybe hans zimmer truly is only winning for this in pirates of the caribbean but god it's the simba is you know as he's climbing up pride rock at the end and the music swells like that's that score that you only get so often in this mm-hmm. world and it's i don't know he won an oscar for it so if they can give him more i guess it would be legends and yeah. he got it but if he could have played that live with an orchestra in the room uh god that would have been that would have been ultimate that but, would have been great but i think um it was bet midler was supposed to take us out yes she was that. and because that did that not was, happen no because <laughs> that was problem a lot of these ended very on a very flat note a lot of these major yes. panels. Yep. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to move on to Disney Plus? Sure. Yeah. Okay. The next one. So, you, you know, again, we've talked about you know that there was the, you know, there's been the list of you know all the things that's coming and all that kind of stuff, um, that has been talked about. What, what are you looking forward to the most? For me, it's got to be Mandalorian. Uh, I think I, that's for most folks. Yeah, I and I kind of I dropped out of the hype train on that one for a while. Not not for any particular reason. Uh, it's just you know I've been hearing about it for so long. I'm like I don't I don't know. It's I'll watch it, but I'm not going to be like hooked on day one. And then the more I've seen about it now, it's just it, oh. It's going to blow us all away. I, I clearly, you know, they're making choices to to maybe they. If, there's going to be more Star Wars films for theaters being developed in the future, but they're clearly making a choice with the Mandalorian that that this is a way they want to go with it. And if if it comes through and it's as awesome as it looks like i'm i'm all on board on it as well as the other ones that are going to follow with star wars like the cassian andor and k2so mm-hmm. series uh very in terms of marvel i'm i'm optimistic about all of them i know i'll watch all of them but the only one i'm super excited about is is wandavision solely because i love sitcoms and i i actually i, I like scarlet witch as a character so i'm not a i huge, like them both yeah yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Vision, but I love Scarlet Witch. I just can't wrap my head around this concept. I'm still trying to figure it yeah. out. It's going to be goofy, <laughs> but uh-huh. hopefully in only the best way. Of course, the Muppets are going to have shorts, so you know That'll I'm happy. Good. Hey, they're not in uh, Liberty Square in this one, so yes, unless they find a way. Let's not let's not jump to conclusions. They might find a way to have them also be in Liberty Square. So if we're lucky enough, um, mm-hmm. world according to Jeff Goldblum, we got that to see be fun. Yeah, with the with the extra trailer that's out now as well too. It looks it looks fun. I mean, he's become such a character himself over the years and embraced that that I think it's going to make for. 
for really awesome content. We didn't get any new information on it, but I'm still pumped for the Walt Disney uh, Imagineering documentary that's, that's coming. It's the documentaries I am looking forward to the most. Uh, yeah. And that is the Walt Disney Imagineering one, the Ink and Paint Girls one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to some of the historic content that's supposedly coming you know, out, uh, you know, but we don't know what that is yet. I mean, I'm hoping, they say they're working on bringing back, you know, some of the old series and all that, the redigitalizing, or they're working out rights with estates yeah. and things like that. And um, so, yeah, I'm more, I'm excited about that. If, if they yeah. if they ever figure out how to get the Disney Family album on there, <laughs> I, I will be. It will be worth it. Whatever I'm you paying love it. for it. Yeah. Gosh, it was such a good series. It was really Disney history at its best. Um, I'm. And, it, yeah. Well, and at, when you have stuff at the best, I think we're also going to get some stuff at its worst too. And we talked about it briefly during the live stream. And as time has sat with me a little while longer, I. Two of the movies they've been pumping up the biggest in the lead up to us is Lady and the Pr- Tramp as well as Noel and and I'm not I, excited about either one. <laughs> exactly, me too. Not yeah. not even a little bit. And oh, it just I watch I watch Lady and the Tramp. I probably am not watching Noel. I will watch both of them, and I know I'm going to feel like I probably wasted my time on both of them. But uh, that's that's just the that's just the risk you take with with some of these i mean i do the same thing on netflix i'll sit down and watch something on netflix and be like i i wasted my time on that but uh yeah i mean even movies too so i guess that's just life i like wasting my time but still (laughs) still very excited about forky asks a question i think that's i i'm glad that with with pixar they're getting back more into more of the short form on disney plus i feel like it's an important part of Pixar that mm-hmm. you know. It's it's it, 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 with Toy Story four not having a short in front of it. It felt that it felt like it was missing. And yeah. So to know though that it's going to we're going to see it in in this new form on Disney Plus. I'm very happy about that. Disney Vault. We'll still have to see how much is in there. Could be a lot. Could be a little bit. Uh, time will tell on that. New movies coming, exciting when they happen. Uh, the Simpsons, I, I'm, I'm actually very excited for The Simpsons. They're, they're currently, you can stream all of The Simpsons on the FX app, mm-hmm. uh, FX Now, but that app is so terrible. It is so unstable that I will, sometimes when I'm in my bedroom trying to watch it, I will struggle for 20 minutes just trying to get an episode load. And eventually it does, and then I'm fine. But it's just I'm I, I love watching The Simpsons. The Simpsons helps me sleep. So <laughs> having it on Disney Plus, as long as that app actually works, it will be huge for me. But I mean, it's I at this point. Uh, hopefully, you signed up for oh, Disney I did. Plus. If you I were have interested. my little pin, yep. <laughs> yeah, and if if you were a D twenty three member, I believe you still. You're getting to the point, the cutoff point, to signing up. I don't, I don't remember when that was. It might have th- been already. I think it's already. By the okay. time we air, I believe it's already done. 
Okay, yeah. I, I knew it was somewhere around the first week of September there with it, but um, I I made the decision not to just because with the uncertainty of how that opening deal would work with bundling, mm-hmm. ultimately, it, it for me, it was important to have Hulu as, as well as ESPN Plus because I'm interested in some of the programming on that too. So because of that, I held back from it, but I... I, I will still be a day one subscriber, if okay, not good. not a, not a founders, mm-hmm. but day one. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, and I'm also looking forward to Timmy failure mistakes were made. Really looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that on the live stream. I I'm excited about the potential of Disney Plus because a lot of the things that they're showing. I like how they are continuing, like some of these extended universes, like the Star Wars extended mm-hmm. universe and the Marvel um, cinematic universe, with carrying on these limited series about characters that they really can't do a full blown film on them, but well, or they maybe could, but like an Obi-Wan Kenobi mini series, you know, the 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 Mandalorian or even uh or even um you know the the Hawkeye. I love Hawkeye or Loki, you know. Uh, I'm looking forward to those Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, that that's all exciting, but we're sort of done with the some of the the bigger MCU. Yeah. And so I'm looking so th- this is what I'm hoping Disney Plus can do, is continue the stories of characters and these one-offs and all of that in the way that they can't do on the big screen in the theater because it's not financially viable. Exactly. And, I mean, in some of the choices they are making with it, like Hawkeye on Disney Plus, amazing choice. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. That is definitely a character that... You know, maybe they give him one movie and see how it does. It'll probably do decently well, but he is a minor character despite being one of the original six Avengers in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's it's a tough call for him. Whereas Loki, that is that's the complete opposite. Loki could have his own trilogy by himself and people would eat up every second of it. But it's actually even better as a series where then they, I don't know if they announced how many episodes, but whether it's eight or ten episodes or even more, you're you're taking Tom Hiddleston, who loves playing the character, who can then commit his time to all of these and and get them all out in one nice package. Like you have to take advantage of that at the same time too. So it's I I I love the theatrical experience, and there's not a lot that that can replace it, but. In terms of character development, this streaming service really can benefit it in that way. And mm-hmm. that's that's what does excite me about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, um, so I'm looking so I'm really looking forward to it. But now of course we we've been talking about what's coming in the future with the D twenty three expo and everything they're predicting for what's coming up, but now it's time for us to go into the past and see what's happening this week in Disney history. Okay, Craig, so here we are in the week of September eighth in the past. So you all set? I am, yes. All right. And uh, where we are slowly moving away from just 
theme park only. So for September 8th, which Disney legend um, was who is one of Walt's Disney's nine old men passed on September 8th, 2004, at 92 years of age in California. During his 43-year career, he may be most well-known for animating Thumper and Bambi on ice in the film Bambi. Lady in the Tramp eating a romantic spaghetti dinner in Lady in the Tramp. And the mad Madame Mim in The Sword of the Stone. He also played piano for the Disney Dixieland jazz group The Firehouse Five plus two okay uh i believe last week i also struggled with a nine old men question and i i oh man i know one of frank and ollie was Mm -hmm. right around this time period and i think last time around i guessed ollie and then i ended up being very wrong but I'm going to go with Ollie again. Mm, well, you know, you are so close. It's Frank. This okay. Guy, Frank Thomas. He also animated the dwarfs crying over Snow White's dead body, the dancing penguins, and Mary Poppin, amongst others. He co-authored with fellow Disney legend Ollie Johnston the comprehensive book, Disney Animation, The Illusion of Life. And this is regarded as the definitive resource book on traditional hand-drawn character animation, particularly in the Disney style. The book summarizes the Disney approach to animation through 12 basic principles of animation. Well, last time I lost on Eric Larson. This time I lost on Frank Thomas. So, good. Good for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to know. I mean, unless you're really in dive deeply into the history of animation it would be hard to find these out uh, my brain only has so much room for nonsensical information well this one you might get september 9th what disneyland attraction closed on september 9th 1973 never fear it will turn up again in another disney theme park I actually think I do know this one i believe this would have been right around the time where carousel of progress shuttered Exactly. It is the General Electric Carousel of Progress. It will be moved to Walt Disney World and be replaced in Disneyland by America Sings in June 1974. The popular Carousel of Progress attraction had originally been part of the 1964-65 World's Fair in New York. Okay, September 10th. Walt Disney Company president and CEO Bob Iger launches what first ever event for the Walt Disney Company with an hour-long presentation on September 10th, 2009? I'd have to assume 2009 it was D23 Expo. Exactly. I had to put that in here (laughs) since that's what we're talking about this week and next. Right. The D23 Expo in the Anaheim Convention Center Arena in California. Following the presentation, the 2009 Disney Legends Awards are handed out at a ceremony hosted by ABC personality Tom Bergeron. It is the first time the awards are handed out off Disney property. This year's Disney Legends Awards honorees include Robin Williams and Betty White. The D23 Expo will continue with special events, guest speakers, and exclusive screenings through Sunday, September 13th. I think it was four days that first year. I can't believe it was so late. Like, yeah. it's in September now. That's just mind-blowing. 
Like I know July or August seems the only times it can be. It was always in August um, around my birthday. Yeah, a couple of them, except for the year where they tried to go up against Comic Con and moved it to that week before. That Mm -hmm. was. Last oh, last yeah. time around in 2017, but yeah, wild. <laughs> yeah. Okay. September 11th, the real Winnie the Pooh, an 18-inch high teddy bear, given to Christopher Robin Milne in 1921, and Pooh Bear's friends, which are various toys received as gifts by Christopher Robin between 1920 and 1928, arrive in their new home on September 11th, 1987. Where can their fans see them today? Uh, I know it's somewhere in New York, but I'm not positive on that. Mm-hmm. It is in New York. Yeah. It's at the New York Public Library. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew can, New York for sure. You can you can read all about Winnie the Pooh with Winnie the Pooh. Except it seems yeah. weird that it would be New York. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I never quite understood that. So. Okay, September 12th. After six years of planning and building costs of $1.8 billion, what Disney theme park held its grand opening on September 12th, 2005? 2005 would have been uh, Hong Kong. That's right. Hong Kong Disneyland. It is Disney's fifth vacation resort and 11th theme park in the world. It consists of Hong Kong Disneyland theme park, two hotels, the Disneyland Hotel and Disney's Hollywood Hotel, retail dining and entertainment facilities stretching over 310 acres on Lantau Island. Hong Kong Disneyland's Adventureland is the largest Adventureland of all the Magic Kingdom parks around the world. Okay, it costs $1.8 billion. How much did Galaxy's Edge cost? Uh, well, I mean, technically, like $4 billion, I think, to buy <laughs> oh, okay. Lucasfilm. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't remember the exact amount, but... I'll, I thought it was around yeah. that. <laughs> so, okay. Of course, that's in, you know, $2,005. Exactly. Times have changed. <laughs> Yes. Okay, September 13th. Which animator left the Walt Disney Studio along with a third of the top animators on September 13th, 1979, to start his own studio? That would be uh, Don Bluth and all the classics that came after that. That's right. For a time, Bluth will become Disney's most serious rival since Max Fleischer. I think he's doing commercial animation today, isn't he? I I'm honestly not positive, but I I mean I grew up in the age of Don Bluth animation, so an American Tale, yes, and and Land Land Before Before Time. Time. My children loved both of those. Oh yeah, no, I I still it's Land Before Time. Obviously, that became a joke of itself with how many sequels it it turned out. The first movie is still pretty much a classic. An American Tale. I watched it probably two years ago when it, it popped up on Netflix, An American Tale and Five O Goes West. And mm-hmm. I, it's definitely not Disney animation, but those movies are still, they're, they're still awesome, awesome, awesome mm-hmm. pieces of work. And, you know, it's, you know, Don Bluth had its up and down. Like, I don't, I don't care for Rockadoodle and <laughs> some of the other ones, but uh, it's, you know, it, it, what an interesting time. And Steven Spielberg putting money on it, too. It could, it, 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 if things would have gone just a little differently, it could have been a very interesting dynamic. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. And especially if the Renaissance would have never happened. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I just remember when we used to go camping, we went to a family campground all the time that we belonged to. And they would have family karaoke. And you know how much I love karaoke. A lot. And uh, Carol dragged me to it because she loved karaoke. But it was family karaoke, which meant it was open to the little tykes, the youngsters. I cannot tell you how many times I heard somewhere out there croaked out by the the under seven crowd. It it should. It was agonizing. I love that song. <laughs> yeah, I do too, but not not like it was supposed to be eight or nine times in a night by, <laughs> that, by little different much. little kids. <laughs> I mean, none of whom had the vocal range of Fievel. Oh, they, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it, it's it's a it's a tough song. So it is. It is a very difficult song. So anyway, okay, September fourteenth. Disney's first Saturday morning animated television shows debuted on September 14th, 1985. What are the titles of these animated series? I know one of them for sure is Gummy Bears, and Mm -hmm. I don't know the name of the other one. I I know it's... Sorry. You don't remember Disney's Wuzzles? No, I never remember it. But I, <laughs> I knew there was another one that kicked it off. Yeah. So, but I gummy bears. I, That's I grew right. up with that. Yeah. Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears on NBC and Disney's Wuzzles on CBS. I never understood how could they make uh, a, a, a cartoon about chewy candies. <laughs> Although they were much more than that, Gummy Bears is it, it was a great show. So I mean, I but then again, I'm biased. That was my time, so I I loved all of them so much. That's why I still love the I, God, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Is that the what it was called? Or the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh that came out? No, that was <laughs> later on. But I always get it mixed up with the title of the new adventures of Old Christine. <laughs> new Adventures of Old Winnie the Pooh. Oh, understandable. Yes, maybe that'll be a Disney Plus series one day. Please, <laughs> but have you ever? If you really want to be entertained, go on Amazon and read the comments for the sugar-free gummy bears. Have you ever done that? I haven't, but I oh, I'll go oh, in a deep dive one night. Hilarious! Oh my gosh. I would have I I when I became manager of my technical writing team that was a must read. I made them all read them. <laughs> so, it's it's good. Just be prepared to be entertained. There there are some budding Hemingways out there. That's great. So, anyway, not not bad, not bad. So, eh, could be worse. Could be better. Yeah. As always, it's, it's the Haraburos, yeah. however you say it. Gummy bears, sugar free. Haribo. Read. read That's how I say it. Yeah. Well, what one of the things I got to do, and you talked about it a little earlier, or but I don't know which episode it'll be on. Is um, is I I experienced Galaxy's Edge finally for the first time when I was there. Yeah. At Disneyland and. 
it we first of all when you enter that park you have a wonderful trend when you enter that realm that land it, it, we have it's a great transition i think i i think i went in and out all three ways ultimately and they did a very good job of transitioning when you when you walk there and um there, there's a lot of beige when you go through there of course yeah it was it was very immersive you know they they did a great job um the marketplace is wonderful with all those lamps i mean they must have bought out morocco i mean with some of those lamps and all that that are in there that all light up and there's interactive critters in some of the shops um you know i had a real hard time knowing where things are because uh there's the signage wherever it is i never found it and it's probably not in english anyway and it was good i i enjoyed smugglers run very much unfortunately the first time i went on all my fears were founded it was a six-year-old boy in the pilot seat and his nine-year-old sister and the six-year-old boy was just along for the ride he was not interested he just wanted to watch the show so his nine-year-old sister did her best to run her panel as well as his the mother was enthralled with watching them and so because i went on a single rider and so she i kept having i was an engineer so i kept having to remind her to um fire you know hit (laughs) your button hit your button and my panel just continuously lighted up so i missed half the show the second time around, I, I told my friends, uh, the, the, the Tratners, since you referred to them in one of the episodes, um, that, that okay, I want to go through the whole queue. And so I did. Queue's very impressive with Hondo and all that. And um, they, I got selected as a gunner, but since... Um, my friends had got they'd already been pilots they had me they let me be a pilot and then somehow this one woman got in as the second pilot i've no idea how that happened and she took the spot i was supposed to have and she was definitely a fangirl of all this and so she was fun it was the most intense experience i ever had on an attraction because I, you know, people are yelling at you, pull out, pull out, pull out, pull down, pull down, pull down. And I, I got the hang of it after a moment or two. And then, but just, it was just constant having to navigate that ship and, and the other pilot is making it go sideways. I'm the up and down guy and, and coordinating all of this. I was like tense. I had a headache when I was done. And, and I also was a little motion sick, but, um, it was impressive. I mean, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. It reminded me of the old Star Trek experience that from like 20 years ago they had in Las Vegas. There, There's a lot of similarities to that where you beamed on board the Enterprise or on Voyager and, and you walk the bridge and you have a whole encounter with Klingons or the Borg, you know, depending upon what you're on. So, um, yeah. and all that is very similar with, with, again, a simulator experience that you're in a shuttlecraft and you do see above you as well as sides and in front and all that. So Star Trek did it 20 years ago. And this is sort of the, a slight step up from that. And um, because you're actually controlling the ship here. So I liked it. Um, Blue milk was fine. I preferred the green. I had that Ronto roast or whatever it's called. Um, the Ronto wrap. Ronto wrap. I really liked that. That was really tasty. I, 
think it's a classic Disney food at mm-hmm. this point. So, in my opinion, it is at least. Yeah. I like the popcorn. I have no idea what flavor you'd call it, but I really liked it um, that they had there because um, Alex bought it and I, he yeah. let me have a little. Yeah, I would and call then- it gross. So that's what oh. I would call it. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, uh, and then, um, I ate something in the other shop uh, restaurant. I don't know. It was some noodles with shrimp. It was quite good. Oh, and yeah, I, the, we, we yeah ordered, the cold salad. Yeah, yeah. We ordered all the drinks, and they were all tasty. I'm not a big kombucha fan, so I only had a little sip of that. Mm-hmm. But the the specialty drinks they have, you know, the non alcoholic ones, were all really good. We did go into the cantina, and that was a lot of fun, but. You know, it it was fine. I got one of the I got the um indoor the drink with the little indoor mug, you know, that Well you had to the you got up. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was fine. It was a cool experience, a lot of details in there. I did play a couple of the games when I was in the queue for Smuggler's Run, you know, on the app. And they were good. It was more you know, mostly identifying stuff, but we were moving so fast. I really couldn't finish up the games. I had that same problem too. And they try to they tried to adjust with it by saying like, "Okay, well, where are you currently at? Mm-hmm. Are you seeing this?" And it's like, "No. Well, are you here? No. Already past that. Are you here? No." It's it's like when they did the test, they just didn't they didn't actually walk through with a normal crowd to say, "Okay, well, with these games, this is where you're going to be." And like so I know it is super minor complaints on that, but I I don't mind the games. I actually think they're kind of fun. I think, I think the entire idea behind it is fun. It's just not, it's not perfectly executed, Mm -hmm. but that's something they could tweak, you know, with, with updates and stuff like that. Um, the merchandise was okay. Uh, You know, nothing exciting. Um, yeah, except, you know, I did watch them build a droid. I watched some families build droids, and that looked cool. That might be something yeah. I do with my granddaughter. It's, the merch, I think, comes into your level of fandom. Like, for me, yeah. after seeing the lightsaber show the one time, I knew I had to build my own. And with, like, there's people who love the creature stall that that really want like their own Lothcad and they want a mm-hmm. they want a porg and like I like the idea of those I don't like that it's then like fur characters and stuff mixed with plastic parts and mm-hmm. that ruins the entire immersion for me but that's where I love the Toydarian shop where that's all like you know the the wooden little figures that are very similar to some of the wooden figures that you might see in Rogue One or or the stuffed animals that basically look like chew toys that they used to sell at petco but just a little bit better made but like those are what i'm going crazy over and i'm buying a lot of uh and i i want most of them at one point in time so uh (laughs) it's it, it really just depends on your level of fandom yeah it's a beautiful land at night Lighting is excellent. Mm-hmm. And we watched the fireworks in there. Boy, and you are close to the fireworks launch site because um, you can hear the um, jets shooting them off. And it's loud. <laughs> it's loud and low. I just want and my own they, special music. Yeah, well, they need to do something with that or somehow it's incorporated into some sort of a pretend it's a space battle, you know, or something. They don't do anything with it and they should 
Or, you know, how they had the celebration when the empire fell. Uh, although that probably wouldn't walk. Mm-hmm, that wouldn't, mm-hmm. but, but I think ultimately, I agree with you. I think the reason this isn't resonating with people is like with Cars Land, you feel like you are walking into that film. You can identify with it. I've heard little children on Route 66 say, oh, I'm in the film. I feel like I'm in the film. And then they see Mater and they see Red and they see, you know, Lightning McQueen. And they, 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 they believe they are there. Same thing when I, when I was at Universal and I went to Diagon Alley or Hogwarts. Um, I felt like I, I was immersed in a world I knew through the books and through the films. And I could interact with it. I recognized places from the films, you know, shops and foods and things like that. Um, and I didn't have that. And and I'm I'm a, I enjoy Star Wars, but I did not have that experience in Batu. You know, it was cool seeing the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. There were a couple of stormtroopers there. I didn't see Ray. Um, you know, there I did. You know, I did see Chewbacca, and he interacted with me a bit. And but I didn't have that same level of feeling like I'm part of the story. You know, yes. I, I recognize all this, and I think that, and that's what you were saying earlier. And I think that's that's dooming this land. Yeah, and I don't I don't even know if I'm there either. I love the land. I will continue to go spend time in it and, and enjoy it for what it is, but and I I'm currently reading both of the books. I, I know the comic series came out that that kind of dives deeper into it. I'm reading two books that that help illustrate Galaxy's Edge in terms of the canon of of Star Wars, but for me it's it, like <sighs> the land as it is it's just missing something so mm-hmm. i know a lot of it is like not having droids moving around it doesn't feel like it's yeah. star wars without that as soon as you see the characters it clicks but even those moments are so they're they're just moments and then the rest of the land is what it is so it's that that level of interactiveness that they promised isn't there not at and, all and now they're saying, well, uh, I guess they said at the opening of Galaxy's Edge at Disney Hollywood Studios that, well, the the cast members are the characters. Which uh, is well, insulting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, they, they, I think they need to bring that, what they had promised, or there were going to be aliens walking around and, uh, and, and droids. And yes. All that and, and they need that. And I'm... Uh, I, will also say with this i i am super proud of my time i spent working in the wizarding world of harry potter and Mm -hmm. one of the things that was established with the wizarding world of harry potter was that inside the wizarding world you will never be able to physically meet any of the characters from the movies because Mm -hmm. they want to keep up the integrity that goes along with that it's as soon as you start putting these characters that you know from the movies you can't maintain that like no one can replace daniel radcliffe as Mm -hmm. 
his time as Harry Potter. It's so you can't just have a guy walking around the land wearing glasses. I understand Disney has thrown this out of the window and they can with a lot of Star Wars because of people like Chewbacca and Kylo Ren, but they have Ray walking around and you know, there are uh, here's where pause for 15 seconds, move forward or whatever. It's there are some rays that look better than the other rays. And that's mm-hmm. just the case. And none of them look like Daisy Ridley. They, there's I haven't seen one that has been like spot on to her because she is so distinct in that way and is very natural in her appearance with it. That's what what kills it. And so with the Wizarding World, they chose to not go that route and said, okay, we will make our team members. They will be the story. And they will be students at Hogwarts. So they'll be dragon handlers at Dragon Challenge. They'll they'll work in the wand shop alongside an Ollivander's wand keeper. Not Mr. Ollivander, but an an Ollivander's wand keeper and go from it that way. This is this is a universal established it and then Bob Chapek is standing there acting like a hero, saying, Well, we're gonna do the same thing. And it's going to be groundbreaking, except the thing is about that is that they promised characters, interaction, droids, all of this from the start, and then cut it back. And now they're using it as excuse, as an excuse, whereas Universal was upfront from the beginning saying, you won't experience any of that. You'll have, you'll have team members who help guide the story, but if you want to meet the characters, you have to do the attractions. Right. And I just, I love that... They were upfront about it, and I hate that Disney had to go this route because it really does it it puts a scar on a land that could be so much better if we weren't promised so much years ago that never came to fruition. Mm-hmm. And Disney has a track record for that too of promising more and than it's they not deliver okay, sometimes. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. just not okay. especially especially with this with something that was this grand. It's, you know, it it needs that it needs that environmental touch to make it come true with characters yeah. and droids. And and this is the this is how lands are being formed in the future. It's they they have taken mm-hmm. baby steps. Cars Land was the first version of Disney doing this. Pandora was the next step in the evolution, and now we are here, front and center, with Galaxy's Edge, and they they have to embrace it and they have to learn that they have to do it right every time or don't do it at all. And yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I got worked up. It's late. I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting worked up too late. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, oh. we, we need to wrap it up then, but overall I enjoyed it. I will definitely go into it again. I'm looking forward to taking my granddaughter when I'm at Disneyland in December. I think she'll enjoy it. And, um, I'm, I am looking forward to rise of the resistance. So when that opens, so sounds like that will be a, a an exciting attraction. It will, it will. And me, and who knows? Right now they're probably figuring out how do we put Han, Leah, so Han, and and Luke and everybody into it. No, no, they're they're actually working on ways to get people to forget about it. <laughs> yes, that's true. So. All right. Well, Craig, until next time, how can our listeners connect with you? You can find me anytime on any of the random shows that we put out on the Disunplugged Podcast Network, or then, as always, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Teleclaster. Michael, you? 
You can send me messages at michael at wdwinfo.com. Twitter, I'm at mbowling121. Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling. Check out the Connecting with Walt page. Instagram, Michael Bowling the Diz. You can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at, at the official Connecting with Walt. Uh, what do they call that? A page, account, whatever. At Connecting Walt. And be sure to look for my Disneyland history segments on the Diz Unplugged podcast, the Disneyland show from time to time. If you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes at disunplugged.com or check out the link Craig always has in our show notes and look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings. Thank you for making us a part of your day. And remember, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a man, Walt Disney, and his brother Roy. Roy.